All right, guys. Welcome once again to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 141 here. We missed you last week, but we are back with no technical difficulties, hopefully. I'm joined this week by... Omer. All right. So we were gone last week, Omer. That means we have twice as much to talk about. Uh, any starting word before we jump to the weekly raid? It's actually a lot of fun to talk about this. We got two weeks worth of stuff that happened, plus other we got some controversial topics as usual. But let's start with right with the weekly raid and just move through it like we usually do. That sounds good. And hopefully good. we don't yell at each other as much as we did last uh, episode about yeah. early game and stuff like that. Yeah, I felt like we were just talking about different things. All right, hopefully we'll have some discussion about this one, though. So this weekly raid is, how do you feel about free games adding subscription options? This is a trend we're seeing more and more. Uh, it started a couple years ago. The first one I, that comes to my mind is Allods. So Allods is this free-to-play Russian-developed game. Uh, mm-hmm. Take some notes from WoW, but with more of like a steampunk look. But uh, it was free to play. But then it added a premium subscription server. And more recently, we see, we're seeing games like Rift do this. Uh, even games like Soul Worker are adding these kind of recurring bonuses uh, subscriptions, where you just get like bonuses every uh, mm-hmm. every month. So, what what are your thoughts on this uh, process? Are we going to see more of it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? I, well, obviously, I hate it in a lot of games. Really? And yeah, because if you look at games like Arcade, I think one of the reasons people say that game like died or tried and killed it was simply because like, you needed like the patrons. You needed to pay for the monthly subscription if you wanted to have enough uh, labor points to really enjoy the game. Because it had a pretty rich crafting system and resource gathering system, but all required labor points. And they really restricted that system to people that didn't pay. I mean, when it's done in such a way that it's really only optional content, like stuff like Compendium and Dota 2, even though those aren't really subscriptions. Like you can get Well, they are like, now, but we'll get to they, that. Yeah, they are now. But if you add in like, a Compendium and Dota 2, I don't think it really changes the game. And it's really not a big deal. Like even stuff like microtransactions, I think World of Warcraft generally does a very good job with it. And Final Fantasy Four does a very good job with it, where the things you buy in the game don't really impact anything. Well, those Whereas are those lot- are already subscription games, though. Yeah. Okay. That's true. But even there, if they keep the subscription, the, the extra optional items, where it's not really game breaking or it's just cosmetic, it's it's really not a problem. And it goes back to the like the pay to win territory. And we you know we really haven't seen the pay to win really affect mobas that much until uh, just recently, but to a degree, I guess now mostly. It kind of affects, you know, free-to-play more RPGs. But usually, uh, th- th- those are usually one-time purchases, too. We're seeing more and more just subscriptions in free-to-play games, and it really does become you know, mandatory. Like, if you look at Star Wars Little Republic, the game is technically a free-to-play game now, but it was never really free-to-play. Like, that one I kind of give a pass to, because basically from the get-go is they made it free-to-play, but, like, to really actually play the game, you have to subscribe. Like, so many of the features are locked behind, like, paywalls. So that one I'll give kind of a pass to. But it does seem kind of weird. And I think arcade is an example of a way not to do it, where you piss off a lot of players. I think, yeah, for certain games, like the games that were premium, like subscription, mm-hmm. like Star Wars Old Republic, Elder Scrolls Online, going from that to a subscription is, I give that a pass, right? But yeah. the problem I see with free games offering this, uh, like Rift is a good example, is the incentive now is to make the cash shop even shittier and even more pay to win because now the incentive is you want them to subscribe to the non cash shop version. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives it kind of gives them uh, you know an open end and an invitation to make the cash shop as shitty as possible. And they can always say, look, if you don't want to deal with this, just pay a subscription. You can play on the one that you don't have to worry about the cash shop. So that's <laughs> true. They can always push people to the subscription server if they don't like it. I think actually, if this trend takes hold even more, we're going to see more obviously bullshit pay to win stuff. And because the developers are perfect out, oh, you don't want pay-to-win stuff? Go pay for the monthly subscription. And then that's almost like a pretty good excuse, too, because if you do, then they can get rid of all that stuff and all that stuff in the, the the regular version. But, you know, it's still weird. And I know at first, when World of Warcraft first added their subscription, 
that they're, they're microtransactions, people got mad. Like, I'm already paying like a monthly sub. I should get all this content for free. Like, why are you nickel and dime me for all this extra stuff? Like, there was, there was, I think there was quite a bit of outrage there. But it's, it's kind of died down. It, it's mostly gone now because I think free to play games kind of, uh, like, because how shitty a lot of free to play games handle their, their cash shops, people look back at the, the WoW cash and they're kind of happy with it because it's, it's generally not pay to win. But that's because they have a subscription as well. I actually think this is probably nothing uh, new right now, but um, hmm? I really think every game is going to be all three. So every game is going to have an early access period that lasts like a year where it's going to cost money. So buy to play. Every game is going to have a cash shop with like cosmetics or experience boosts or whatever. And every hmm. game is going to have an optional subscription. So we're going to get all, all three. three. Every game is going to have all three business models built in every game uh, for PC at least going forward, I think. Uh, I mean, you, you you have games like EverQuest as well, which are free to play now. But in order to pl play in the subscription servers, the progression servers, you need a subscription. And most of the people that really do play EverQuest today as a free to play, very few people play it as a free to play game because you all want to play in the progression server, which is the most fun server with the most people on it. So even you know, it, it just it it's pushing a lot of free to play users to get that subscription. Yeah. And as long as they don't lock, like I still think Arcage is probably the worst offender for that because as long as you have an option to play in the free server and it's not too. Uh, you know, too unfair or too bullshit, it's fine. Canaris says, uh, even Star Citizen. Well, Star Citizen's uh, actually a step ahead. It's got all three with no game yet. So we, there's a subscription, there's microtransactions, and you got to buy it, the alpha, to get to get access to the alpha. So well, there you go. You got to respect Star Citizen. They, they, they have all three business models despite not having a game. And I know we shit on crowdfunding games a lot in this podcast, but actually, I mean, a uh, bit of a you know side note here. But a game launches last week. It's called Project Gorgon. They raised money on Kickstarter. It's an indie-developed game, basically made by a handful of people, and it actually came out. The game is now uh, on Steam in early access. I think it costs like thirty bucks to play or forty bucks to buy. Like some of these games do come out, but from what I've seen, though, it's always you know the ones with grounded expectations, the ones that don't, like that don't, don't go crazy promising the world. So they do happen, you know. And we don't want to kind of write them all off. Yeah, I actually want to show a trailer for Project Gorgon. Mm -hmm. uh, I I. <laughs> I thought that, okay, this is like a, one of those indie small studio games, so that's why the graphics aren't great. But they're going for that old old school look. It's A lot of the devs were from uh, Ashran's Call, which was uh, a golden age MMORPG, you know, around the same time as uh, EverQuest. But the, this trailer, I feel like they could have done a little better here. If my Steam page loads, I will... Sh hmm? Okay. Golden age again. Everyone kind of refers to it as the golden age, and everyone again has this misconception that MMORPGs are dying. I don't think that's the case again. If you, the, the thing is, back in the day, you know, when we played RuneScape, we played WoW, we had like four games to play. Either you played WoW, you played EverQuest, you played RuneScape, you played like all, there's there only so many games you could play. Now the problem is we have hundreds, we have over 100 free-to-play games, and all the players are diffused more. I think all the play, active players in MRPGs in America, we have more people playing MRPGs today than we did in like 2005 or 2006. I agree, but... Let me try this player. Let me sh let me sh let me play this uh, yeah. trailer, and then uh, I want to discuss a few things about that. Okay, so here we okay. go. Three, two, one. Here we go. Let's take a look. See, I actually have not played this game yet, by the way. I do want to play it, but I'm waiting for them to give me a free copy. And pay no forty bucks for it. As Band to the Is it because I'm a cheap ass? I don't know. From the Is your audio going to be? I pay attention to. Okay, uh, it's, it's not too important. Yeah. Become part I, it, of Project look, I do like it to try something different. Did they go back to the almost like the Tale of Toast model, where basically you have a classless progression system, which is again a throwback to games like RuneScape, Ultima Line, you know, and, and these oldies, where you know every game now kind of structured with classes. So 
I feel like a lot of these indie games are very like the people that make these games very much grew up playing RuneScape, playing Ultima Online, and the games like the, the older games. You know, it's it's not the most beautiful game in the world. Interface seems a bit like there's a lot of text there, but there there seems to be a lot of some depth to it. I I actually I'm gonna take the opposite view. Look, when Ashran's Call came out, I believe it was around 1999 2000. Okay, mm-hmm. a few months after EverQuest came out, this game came out. It was cutting edge. Okay, yep. you know. All these people connecting with dial-up modems to play on this one world. And the fact that so many games today and projects today are going on nostalgia, they should be looking forward, not back, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like the, a lot of the combat in EverQuest that we liked was actually cutting edge for that time. So they should do cutting edge now. They should Just by looking backwards to try to c- capture... Um, I think a lot of people didn't actually like the combat in EverQuest. It was just that it was so new. It was, it was pushing the you know, yeah. boundary. They should be doing that now. Just looking back 18 years and trying to copy, emulate a game back then. I don't think it's going to go well. Um, it will get some nostalgia factor. Some old guys just playing for fun. But it's not going to be... It's not going to sustain. My so opinion. I take you're not excited for Pantheon for the same reason. Because a lot of those projects, again, are kind of harping on the nostalgia of EverQuest. And I, yeah, you have a point to a degree where like, I don't want to see big companies and big projects focused on nostalgia. But when you have a smaller studio making a game out of passion, you know, I, I don't see the problem with... No, I'm trying to milk the nostalgia. A small part of it's okay. So here's my problem with Pantheon, which, by the way, I'm going to try because I loved EverQuest. So I'm, I'm the target audience, right? But yeah. can you imagine someone who just maybe is like 16 today or even younger? How old were we? We were like 12 when we played EverQuest, maybe 13. Yeah. Can you imagine a 13-year-old today who's growing up on Fortnite, right? Can you and imagine Minecraft him? and all yeah, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roblox. So, here, so here's, a, here's a stream like, from, from uh, what's it called? Pantheon, right? So they're fighting this shirtless miner in this cave, okay? It's this little, like, ad, a little, you know, trash mob, and it takes them, like, like five minutes to kill it of just, you know, auto-attacking. That's the EverQuest I know, baby. That's the EverQuest I'm used to. Yeah, so this is how we grew up playing MMORPGs. But the reason we put up with this combat wasn't because we liked the combat. It was because, oh, my God, I'm doing this with other people. Like, the, 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 like the cleric healing me, the mage nuking next to me. These are real people, baby. And to us, at that age, I was cutting edge. But I don't think if you just if you just take that combat and put it in 2018, uh, you know, technology. You're right. It's not the cool part wasn't this combat. Like sitting there for eight minutes wasn't wasn't the cool part uh, back then. Uh, so I'm gonna play. No, you're that's right. a pro- yeah, it's a problem. And, and the fact that and one of the things that made MMORPGs so magical. I mean, we grew up literally like some of our first PC games were StarCraft, and then we played Ultima Online and EverQuest. Like we literally like when we were 12, we were playing Ultima Online, and we were like 13, we were playing EverQuest. And my mind was blown when I was online in a world where I could see other people running around at the same time as me. Like, I could see their character. And, like, they sit down. I'm like, whoa, I can see you over there. And, like, when I killed the enemy, I got stronger. I'm like, wait a minute. Not only did I get stronger, like, these other motherfuckers can see me get stronger. Like, I got a new weapon. I can show off this new glowing weapon to this guy next to me. He's going to think I have a big dick. You know, like, it was such a magical experience when that was so new. But anyone playing video games today, like a 16-year-old playing video, like 12-year-old playing video games today, is not amazed by that anymore. Everything's online. Like Fortnite, is, everything's online. You know, so for them, it's so the, the magic is gone. So you're right. It, it is weird to see so many of these projects trying to look at nostalgia when they're kind. Of, like it, it wasn't the auto attacks and this combat system that made MMORPGs fun. It was the magic of the persistent universe and all this shit happening at once. So we, what can you do differently? Like, you know, with MMORPGs because I don't think it's this combat that's going to make it fun. And, and kill these, you know, enemies forever. Summer, this is for you mostly because I know you played EverQuest. I'm sure some people in chat did as well. But this is a document that someone put together from uh, the stream. And it shows elements of uh, Pantheon. 
and mm-hmm. look how much they look how much they were inspired by EverQuest. This is like this is really the tree of savior to Ragnarok online. No, so this is uh, obviously the um, the chat log, the combat log. It says, uh, you know, a black rose worker's corpse twitches for a moment, then slumps to the ground. Mm-hmm. And every time you attack, it says stuff like that. Uh, that is exactly from EverQuest. I mean, the exact bigger. combat, the chat logs, the dial, the combat like option yeah. to pop up there. You pierce so a black rose mine hand for four damage. You know, uh, if we scroll down here, look at the corpse looting. So if you die, you drop, you know, your corpse falls, and you got to come back to it and reloot it. Just look at this inventory more. From everything from Identical. the loot, yeah, the, even like the mask piece of gear, like the pieces of gear, the exact same number of inventory slots, and you know the background backpack image. It, it, it's so uh, the, the radar, um, the compass, I should say. Link dead. They're bringing back Link dead. So if you DC in uh, EverQuest, you weren't DC'd. You were Link dead. So that's coming mm-hmm. back. Uh, so this is a huge throwback, and I think they're obviously just aiming it at nostalgic EverQuest players. Uh, but you know, is that enough to keep them going? I think probably, but it's never. It's not going to really move the genre forward. You know. No, definitely not. It's it's gonna it's gonna get, the people that play Pantheon today aren't gonna be the young kids. I, I don't think you're gonna have high schoolers playing this or middle schoolers. And for a game to really thrive and, and be big, you know, an MMORPG is supposed to be massive in my eyes. Like, yes, you're gonna. I, I bet the average age of the person that plays Pantheon is gonna be pretty high. And th- there's nothing wrong with that, but it just it's not gonna be what's gonna move the genre forward. It's not gonna be what you know brings us the next big MMORPG. I mean, I wish Pantheon well, and I'm gonna play. I am the target audience because I loved playing EverQuest growing up. It was my I think it was the second MMORPG I ever played after Ultima Online, and and I loved it. I played it for years, but I'm gonna play for the nostalgia mostly. I, I yeah. don't see like this game design appeal. I, I couldn't imagine like getting talked to my cousin. Hey, I got this game. I want you to try. I would be I would be embarrassed to show this game to my younger cousins. But he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, uh, like it, I don't know. It just it, just, it wouldn't appeal to them. Yeah. It makes no sense. Uh, well, we'll see. It, it does sound like uh, it does. I think at least they know that they're gonna be a niche for an older yeah. community. It's gonna be subscription based. No, you know, no, no cash shop, no pay to win stuff. So we'll mm-hmm. see. So actually, that can kind of take us to another mechanic in MMORPGs back then versus today, which I think is a pretty good discussion. It's about rating in old MMORPGs versus new MMORPGs. And this is actually was a topic of controversial discussion I had with one of my friends for about three hours on, on Discord. And uh, I found this video for EverQuest. We're just talking about EverQuest. Look at, look at what rating was like in EverQuest back in the day. And this is actually on a progression server. So this is actually on a newer uh, build of EverQuest. It's not like old, old school EverQuest, but it's... Again, on a progression server, so this back, you know, old, it's still old school EverQuest, but on a new server. And you can see just this combat going on right now. And like, if you watch this video, you'll see that there really isn't that many mechanics happening. So essentially, I had this conversation with a friend about, I, you know, I basically said old MMORPGs, you know, even old World of Warcraft, the middle World of Warcraft, even EverQuest like you're seeing right now in this video, rating back then was harder than it is today. Rating, rating has become easier. Whereas my friend disagreed, and he basically said, no, it hasn't. It just, it got more accessible. It's not that it's easier, it just got more accessible. So we had a pretty lengthy discussion about that. But just look at the combat you're seeing in, in the background. And what made this, this raiding experience fun in EverQuest as well as World of Warcraft, it, there really wasn't that much to it. If you played EverQuest back then and you played like a tank, for example, like a warrior class in EverQuest, like if you played modern MMORPGs, you'd be blown away with what your rotation was. You know, what skills you use, when you use them. You know, wow, you got heroic strike, you got thunder, you got bleed, you got charge. There's so many abilities you can use on your hotbar, right? But if you've seen this video, there's no hot bar, there's no hot bar full of abilities in this video. Because if you're playing a warrior, you literally just auto-attack. That's it, guys. You're just auto-attacking. However, you do have an ability called kick, which I think you'll like level 12 or something. And once you get kick, every once in a while, if you, you can stop the kick button, 
and it's got like a 15 second cooldown, you can throw out a kick that does like one-fifth of regular auto attack damage every 15 seconds. Basically not even required, but you can do it if you want. And that's it. That's your rotation. You auto attack, and every 15 seconds you hit kick. Whereas in modern MMORPGs today, you have rotations. You know, you got to do uh, your threat combos, you got to do your DPS combos, you got to move around, you got to dodge mechanics. If you watch this video, for basically, it uh, looks like 12 minutes, there's like no movement. They're all just standing still. I think when one warrior dies, they switch on the warrior out. Obviously, the clerics are spamming heals. Like, the mages at least had some different spells they could use. But if you were playing a melee class in EverQuest back in the day, you had you had nothing. There was, there was no impressive rotations, nothing. This was this is what old raiding was like. Well, I would say one thing I think EverQuest did right, and they were really ahead of the curve on this, is making your skill slots uh, a commodity that has to be managed. So in EverQuest, you I think I, I forgot the number, but probably I think it was around eight. Uh, you had eight slots for spells or skills, right? I think it was more like it was more like I think six or seven on each side of the screen, so like twelve. If I remember correctly, I think it was more than that. Okay, well, whatever, whatever the number was, so you had that—that that was all you had. And if you wanted to swap them out, it actually took time. You sit down, open the book, and then like swap it out. And it took a, it took a uh, I think a minute or so to swap them out. And a, a couple games have done that where I think I think in fact Bless does that, right? You can you only have a certain number of slots yes. in your hop bar. I love that system. I'm okay with giving players hundreds of skills, right? But mm-hmm. the fact that they have to manage it, it makes it easier one aesthetically instead of having like eight. Like wow, you have, you have like twelve hot bars. Like if you ever see like a wow raider, they'll have like two hot bars on the left and right. You know, on the bottom, it's just stupid. There's lots of hot bars. Yeah. But, but anyway, the, the conversation really became about you know old and more PG rating versus new and more PG rating. And I do have to say, new and more PG rating is simply more fun. I rated Molten Core. My brother rated Molten Core. You 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 did uh, Blackwing Lair as well. You know, back in vanilla WoW days, right? So no. you know, we, we had a pretty good experience rating in WoW. But the actual mechanical aspect of the fights, when we were doing Ragnaros, when we were doing all the bosses in, in in Molten Core, the first pull and like on Karaj and stuff, like we did the bosses there. The actual mechanics required to beat those bosses weren't difficult. Like you, your actual rotations and the amount of movement you had to do was actually pretty generous. The the hardest part of those fights were the gear checks as well as simply uh, coordinating with like 40 yeah. people at once. Yeah. Those were the challenges. Because, you know, if when, when, like, it's so weird. At least WoW still has like 20-man raids. You know, with eight people, there's always like once in a while, there's a guy who has to go, go to the bathroom, right? AFK bio, give me a minute. But when you have 40 people, there's a guy going to the bathroom every two minutes, all right? It's, just, it, it's always happening. So you got you to gotta see this one guy AFK at all times. It just becomes a fiesta. That was, like, it was a different kind of difficulty. Yes. Back then. I agree with that. But you know what? Yeah. I actually like that better. Um... I think one watching you raid in uh, Final Fantasy, right? Some of the stuff mm-hmm. is fun, but I feel like this constant checkerboard movement. Like I see, I see Omar is on some stage, right? And like this guy, yeah. this this mob, this robot, he like raises his left arm. Okay, that means he's gonna shoot like this, this like pattern. You got to stand here and then yeah. there. I mean, it's like what is this musical chairs? Like it, it's like the, to me, that's the wrong kind of difficulty. If if I want that kind of difficulty, I'll play a game like Dark Souls. Okay, or Bullet Hell. Is this such riveting combat to you? Look, I'm, I have to say, raids are more fun today mechanically however the fact that we lost that challenge either through coordination or through gear checks i think there's still something to be said about that content where that kind of difficulty of, of basically putting in the hours i think we, i think losing that actually kind of hurts the experience overall yeah and don't forget just uh, the, the alternative to a gear check like this or, or or some kind of communication check you know where you had to organize 40 people the alternative you know the one uh, final fantasy that's a there's a technical check now a lot of like if you're like a 40 50 year old and unless you know you really memorize those things, you basically can't do it. Like there's too much movement left and right. Mm-hmm. And you know a 40 year old can play this raid you're seeing right now, right? Yeah. And you know, this is like the top one percent of EverQuest players doing stuff like yeah. this. And and a 40 year old mm-hmm. has just as much of a chance of being here 
as anyone else, right? Because, like mm-hmm. I said, it's you gotta just push W every three seconds, you know, like you gotta put A. Yep. But yeah, in the rotations are nothing. But the, the raids I'm seeing in Final Fantasy, yes, they're they're more. You know, you, you can't let go of the keyboard. Like, you know, you gotta always have the mouse and keyboard in your hand. But I think that actually locks more people out uh, from ever even trying it because they just can't. No, but the, the, those players can still compete in the content on the easier difficulty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on the easy one. Wow and Final Fantasy fourteen both have normal mode raids. I think you know Wow's got different difficulty tiers for their raids as well. Be doing you know the Mythic Plus content. It's it's the difficult content, but it's it's more accessible this way as well. I think uh, you know it isn't necessarily. A, a great thing if it, you know only one percent of your players can get even see next Ramus. Like that's not that's not a perfect solution. I would I would actually like to see that maybe one percent of players couldn't co- co- complete next Ramus or even less. But let people at least try to do it. Like some of the attunement stuff. Like I don't think attuning should take like eight hours. Like, no, but in a, okay. I just I'm gonna clarify. I don't. I'm actually okay with the one percent thing. But it's just what one yeah. percent. I want the one percent that are dedicated to the game to get there, whether yeah. they're elderly or not. Whereas in games like Final Fantasy, more newer newer games with more technical raids. The, the the percent that's precluded from that is 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 a literal like age check, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, I don't know I don't like that. It, I did like the, the people have to put in the hours for the gear before they could do the content. They have to do uh, like even though the actual fights I would still say are less mechanically challenging. I I like the fact that there was a build up to it. It just seems a little bit easier today. It seems way actually it's objectively easier because if you look at the completion rates between uh like if you look at the the way raids have gone in Final Fantasy 14 and World of Warcraft, the amount of time it takes for Worlds first, even between like Warlords of Draenor and Mr. Pandaria to like Legion, the Worlds first between the bosses have gotten shorter. And, and that's a trend that's happened in Final Fantasy 14 as well, where the amount of time it takes to complete the content has gotten like drastically smaller and shorter and shorter. So even though the fights are still fun, they, I think they've still gotten easier as well. But yeah. I, I have an interesting point. I feel like when I'm watching you raid in, in Final Fantasy, there, are, there doesn't seem to be any cost to dying. Like I remember no. in in WoW, if we wipe like five six times, that was it. That meant the the, the main tank was like, guys, it's gonna cost me like fifty gold to repair my shit. I'm done. Like I don't have the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that the, was actually the repair costs were legit. Like you you couldn't fuck around with that. Like but in, if I, I see you wipe like for three hours and everyone's okay, good to go. <laughs> if I, if I was in fourteen, the actual cost of dying is almost nothing because the actual repair costs are literally negligible. They exist for one reason, like. The only thing repair costs do is if your gear breaks in your dungeon, you have to leave, repair it, and come back in, right, with a queue. But usually when you leave, people just leave. They, they give up. Like when, you're, when your gear is broken, they're gone. They're not coming back. They're like, this, this, this is not happening. I'm out. There's, there's a negligible cost. There is a small cost if you're using uh, raid food, which increases your stats a little bit, or potions during the fight to like, maximize your DPS. But you don't really need the potions anyway. Like, that's only if you're like tryharding. But there's, there is very little cost to actually dying. And what's weird is actually Final Fantasy XIV, compared to WoW rating, is, it, it's weird to see... like resurrections in battle like you could you could do battle reses in wow like druids and stuff could do battle reses but it was kind of like a you only had a few of them right you had to stay for like a main tank or something or some shit happened if i was in 14 like you get like 15 deaths in a fight and still clear it which, which is pretty bullshit to me wow yeah it's a bit bizarre actually there's two things i want to talk to you about Final Fantasy 14 because uh, i was raiding the other day um with, with a friend and oh you know we talked about last week about how like the fights today are designed Final Fantasy 14 fights today seem to be raids seem to be designed around like five players or like four players being good and the other four players being bad. Like you can you can clear fights with four people basically being really bad as long as other four players can carry the weight. You can do it, right? Whereas I would say uh, in in older content in Final Fantasy 14 that wasn't the case. Like the fights were designed around everyone being good. If one person was bad, the, the fight was literally almost unclearable if one person wasn't pulling their weight. And that's completely different today. So I want to show you this. Uh, maybe you can show this 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 log on on the stream over here. Basically, I, I did I did a fight with one of my friends, and you can see the 
the scores, the 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 the, per, the performance percentage over there. I shared it in the podcast chat, and I, I actually feel kind of bad about completing this fight because there was a there was a group duty finder up where they were saying basically like a, a clear party for Sigma One, which is the the easiest current content raid in Final Fantasy fourteen in, in the hardest difficulty, and you know, if you're still struggling to clear Sigma One, which again the easiest content in current tier, and it's been out for like six weeks. It generally means you know you're probably not you know you're not hardcore and that's fine. It's okay not to be hardcore. And there's nothing you, you don't have to rate to enjoy these games. I have a lot of friends with Final Fantasy 14 that simply don't rate. But if you're struggling and people are like, oh, I've been trying this forever, I can't do it. It's hard to find good parties. So I joined this party. I got my friend uh, Witchy to join as well. And you can see if you look at these numbers, the whatever number you get shows you like what percentage of players you are. So like my number came out 84 on this run, which shows I'm the top 16% basically. My friend who's, who's a tank came out 77. And what's remarkable is that the tank is actually the second highest damage in this fight. I'm, the, I'm playing a DPS class, so I did 5,500 damage per second. My friend was a tank, was 3,700. At no point should a tank do more damage than DPS. It just literally, it should never happen. Yeah, in, in any MMO. Basically. In any MRPG. But this shows you that you should not have two, two players should not be allowed to carry a raid. Like this content was, should not be designed so two people can completely carry it. Which it clearly, it did happen. Well, okay. So I know Omar and I have gone back and forth a lot on what is a raid, like the definition of raid, and how I don't consider Final Fantasy raids as raids. I, I have a good rule of thumb: if you can pug it, it ain't a raid. There you go. But you, but you can pug anything technically. Like even even in vanilla, you, you could. I mean, it was hard to get forty people to pug something. But like I've done Anixia pugs back in vanilla. Wow, Anixia obviously was not. Well, Anixia was the closest thing to not being a raid yes. because it was literally just yes. one dragon. And you can actually do an XT with like less than the four, way less yeah, than forty people, yeah. even on release. Like if you did it well. But back to this. Uh, by the way, Mar, uh, you just got yourself banned, baby, because you can't share this damage chart shit. You know, you are you uh, are uh, you are literally shaming uh, Kimchi Dash, Mister Azuriel Fur, Vice Estevine. Okay. All right, you got you're shaming these these uh, bottom ten percent players right here. So no, if you, it's not about. Sh- it's more about just. I'm I'm criticizing the content. I don't like the fact that these fights can be cleared. With people just basically doing nothing and people facial on their keyboard, like it just doesn't make sense. Like these, and it's kind of the, the game's fault as well because these games don't really teach you how to do how to play your class. Like they just don't teach you anymore. If you played WoW today or even Final Fantasy today, just just getting the max level is a joke. At no point do you learn how to play the game. And, and and I think there's some bad design right there. I think I think both games are fun. They're really fun. And, and raiding World of Warcraft, you know, Mythic is still. I've seen videos of it. It looks fun. I would love to raid in World of Warcraft. Today. I just don't want to go through the fucking motions of getting max level character with appropriate gear to start raiding. If I had access to that, I, I play it right away. But it just, it just these fights should not be doable with you know. It should not be clearable by you know. It should not, it should be you should be able to carry with two people. They should require at least like five six people to be competent. And this takes me to another point actually about uh, games being babied. And I think this this can upset you a little bit because Final Fantasy fourteen said they introduced they, 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 they're going to start banning people for using a mechanic in the game. Alta, you ready for this? Okay, let's hear it. So Final Fantasy fourteen introduced uh, a new area to the game called Eureka. I'll talk more about that later. But basically, it's an open world zone where people basically kill big bosses. You kill a big boss, you get huge experience po- points and some rewards, right? So okay. when a big boss spawns, uh, basically like a hundred players will show up at that boss to try killing it, right? Almost like think of this world boss, I guess, for someone that doesn't play uh, Final Fantasy. However, in that zone, there are usually uh, there are high-level monsters basically roam around that zone, right, at all times. So it's pretty dangerous. You could die pretty easily. Okay. So player, what players are doing is when a boss spawns, they'll pull an enemy from nearby that has a giant AOE and pull it towards that boss. Oh. When there's 100 players in one area, you could easily get players killed by accident. And I want to show you the GIF. You can show it on stream. Okay. It's actually pretty hilarious. I think it's pretty hilarious. 
But look what this guy does in the stream. There's basically 100 people trying to kill this boss, and this guy pulls a snake from nearby, and you're about to see a massive AoE cleave when it come from that snake, and look how many people it, just, it breathes on. And if you see the gray on their names, it means they're dead. Wait, wait, wait. So is this random snake pull harder than this world boss? Like, what? Uh, no. Why are they into dying? Because what's happening? It, it's it's weird the way this this zone is designed, right? Basically, that's probably like a level. You have a separate leveling system on this zone. That's like a maybe level nine enemy, okay. and a lot of people players are killing them like level three and four. So the level and three and four, level can, they can fight the world boss, but not the random pull. Well, because well, they're not tanking. The, the oh. world boss one shot them as well. Okay, 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 but someone else is tanking. Okay, I see. Yeah, someone else, some other random guy is tanking. What's happening? I think it's a hilarious person that, yeah. that this oh, is happening. Oh, it is right? hilarious, and, and this goes back to back to you know the start of the podcast. We talk about EverQuest. You know, one of my favorite things in EverQuest was training, baby. Uh, you just run through a dungeon, aggro every mob, and then you would run back to the entrance. And uh, obviously, EverQuest is old, so you'd have to you'd have to zone load out of between zones. So you load out, but all the mobs that were following you now are clumped. Mm -hmm. And and then once you zone out, they want to go back to their uh, spawn location, but they but wouldn't. Back then, it's not like WoW or whatever today, where they just reset and just like go back. They would actually fight on the way back. So then all the noobs at the beginning of the zone would get killed by all these high-level mobs. They're trying to go back to their starting uh, areas. That was that was great. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but this is considered... Square Enix came out and said this is considered MPK, Monster PKing, and it's not allowed. If you see anyone doing it, report them and they'll get banned. Oh, my God. Thoughts? No, no that's stupid. One, uh, what if this guy just wanted to fight this boss and then he just didn't know that thing was following him? You know, like yeah, that's always a possibility. You know, like, how, how are you gonna ban for this? If why keeps getting reported, like, ten, what, what if they have a chat log with him saying, "Law, I can't wait to get these fucking noobs killed with this AOE." La 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 la. Omega lol, Omega lol. They do that, then what? Huh? Uh, then, then they got a record on him. I don't think it's be bannable either. I think it, yeah. it's weird that they're banning for because if they don't want this shit to happen, just get rid of that cleave mechanic, or or make it so cleave can only hit the target he's aggroed on. Done. Problem fixed. I mean, or or just make I guess the the area around the world boss. When other mobs go there, they just reset. I don't know. Or something like that. There's a lot of things they can do. They shouldn't... When you're banning for players for, like, gameplay, in-game stuff like this, it just shows that they don't want to actually handle the problem. They just want to, like, mm. you know, write it off and let... You know, just... I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a bad way to handle a bug or, or what they think is a bug. Or an unintended feature. Obviously, yeah. they didn't intend on this happening, but it seems like there's a very easy fix for this without banning people. Yeah. And honestly, it's not that big of a deal. You die here... Look, there's a penalty for dying here if you don't get resurrected, but, you know, and any of these guys will all res you anyway later anyway. It's a very minor inconvenience anyway. Yeah, well, like, like we are saying, nothing really happens when you die, apparently, so, I mean... But, but, but here, here's a counter-argument that my friend had, which I think is worth mentioning. I mean, obviously, this is, not, this is unintended, right? So, w we can look at other unintended elements of games, and should they be punishable? So, let's say you queue for a dungeon in Final Fantasy XIV, right? Mm -hmm. So, you have three friends and some other random, right? Yeah. Or, or in the dungeon with you. Okay. So. You three, are, you you four are clearing the dungeon, and right before you get to the final boss, the the, your, the three guys in the dungeon look at you because you're the random, right? And they say, "Lol, you about to, lol, and, and they vote kick you, and you get kicked out of the dungeon. Yeah, you I'm, just spent twenty minutes clearing this dungeon, and you got kicked for the boss, where you get the final rewards. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. But but you don't think that's unfair for no, him? No, that's not unfair. He, 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 just, he didn't choose the queue with you. The game yes, he did. He he he, no, queued, he used the queue he feature. The queue with, random, with people. Yeah. Okay. And hold, it matched them up with hold up. We, people. We used to do that stuff like that all the time. I, I remember, in fact, I, I actually, I, one of us had to G quit a guild because when a mob died, like the guild master DC'd, and then the next person became master looter, and then we looted the mob, the, the, the raid boss, and then we had to G quit after because they, they were going to kick us Look, anyway. We, we have personally, well, taken advantage of the master looter system in EverQuest uh, on, yeah. on one occasion, I remember, which is slightly different because this actually just seems to be abusing the mechanic. Well, no, it's not. 
Wait, wait. Maybe, then you know what they could do? They could make it so you can't jeek kick from a queued uh, party. Only manual party that are created can be jeek, can be kicked. There you go. It's, fixed. No, but the problem was if there's one person trolling or being toxic that you can the player as uh, a majority there's a reason for that system. Like there's well, I feel most of the if, time that's well, just well, if the reason for the feature is to kick somebody that the rest of the play party doesn't want to play with, then this seems like a functional if there's seven people that are friends there's and there's one random what four whatever. If there's one random or two random, whatever it is, yeah. If the one majority of players if majority of players don't want to play with those other three or two or one. But, but, that but is the feature. The guy, let's say the guy did nothing wrong. He was the model player. He was the nicest guy. He never messed up his mechanics. Well, is, He's here to create some content. Is the point of the kick feature to kick a non-model player or is to kick a player that the other players don't want to play with? See it what I'm saying? Have, it could be toxic. It's just, uh, any, any of those things. But it, it just seems like an abuse of the mechanics. And I can uh, see that being a problem. No, to me, it sounds like a perfect use of the feature. If the majority of players don't want to play with the minority of players, for whatever reason they picked... And they're using this feature in the game. That's a okay to me. I don't think I don't think anything wrong with that. Person, I don't think that should be bannable. But I think the the way Final Fantasy fourteen handles it is a problem, and it's a problem because I think a lot of these MRPGs where you're allowed to be a dick, like this guy in this video, who's I think it's hilarious by the way. He's he's, he's he, you know that gif that gets those people killed, right? I think it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. But him doing this, there should, there should be repercussions. But I don't think repercussions should come from from Square Enix banning him, right? So the whole point of MRPG is supposed to be this this online community, right? People should have to look at this guy's name and be like, "Oh, it's uh, it's K dot S. He's that faggot who fucking he's trolled people in, in Eureka. He's an asshole. Don't party with that guy. He's a dick. He's a douchebag, right? And that should be his punishment. Where his his reputation yeah, exactly becomes yeah. punished. And, and that would be really cool. However, however, the weirdest, most bizarre thing is in Final Fantasy fourteen. I think other a lot of MMOs do this as well. You pay like ten bucks, you can change your name. That well, circumvents well, the entire purpose of an online reputation. Well, I have a good I have a good fix for that. And actually, you know, it's funny. A, a very interesting game had a good fix for this. Maple Story. Do you remember the fame feature? Yeah. So something that like that. bullshit system. That didn't mean shit. I know, but I'm just saying. They could do something like that. Where, let's say you're a low fame. Uh, then you can't use the cube finder. Maybe you can maybe get worse loot loot percent drops. So that you would have to you would have to work that up, you know? Yeah, if there was some kind of punishment for, like, at the end of the raid. At the end of you could commend somebody, but you can't, like, down-commend somebody. If somebody's being an asshole, you know, like, maybe you should be able to vote, like, that they're an asshole, you know? And uh, I I want to I don't want to drop this party thing just yet. One more thing. A lot of people in chat have mentioned this is democracy, baby. If if let's say majority of people you know they elect Trump or something and he does something you don't like, you know, that's that's this that's the way that works. That's how democracy works. So you that's it. You know, either you're okay with the voting feature or they should just get rid of it. and You can't kick people out of your parties or you can only leave. I guess. You know you can't but, but, you, can, but, but, you can't there's, there's, you can't half-ass it. No, but but you, but you're looking at it in such a very black and white way. Let's say like in Overwatch, right? Okay. Uh, if I play, if I play a healer, I play Mercy, and I only use my pistol. Okay. Like I am clearly intentionally yeah. throwing the game. I mean, that's not intentional. You're not playing the game the you, way it was intended. Uh, well, I mean, that any which way. No, that's, it, not, that's fair. not even a meta issue. No, it like, is. Mercy's objectively not a DPS character, and if you want to play DPS, you shouldn't be playing Mercy. That, that's the reality of it. Th th no, I, I don't buy that. But, but, but assuming I do for now, we'll keep going. Okay. Uh, sh should a player who who queues for ranked and decides to play DPS Mercy, should yeah. he not be punished? If no. all seven of his teammates are like, fuck this guy? Oh, they can vote kick him. Is, is there a feature like that or no? No, I don't think Overwatch. Well, in Overwatch Ranked, you can't just vote kick your... You'd be playing... Even if you can't, you'd be playing a man down then. You better, you'd still rather have the DPS Mercy than nothing. Okay, that's fine. His rank will go down. But hold up. If I'm playing with a Mercy DPS in a ranked team, and I, and I end up in the same game as him, that means he's as, e as equally skilled as I am. 
right? So what no, am I complaining no, no, about? No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's say he's actually, no, he's, he, does, he doesn't actually play Mercy DPS. He sees you all the time. I don't like this guy all the time. I'm going to go throw his game. But I can't intensely throw his game, so I'm going to go play Mercy DPS. Because if, 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 I, if I just go AFK, I'll get banned. Okay. If I do all the other stuff, I'm going to get banned. So I'm going to play Mercy DPS. You don't think the guy should be banned? No. Why? Well, what rules is he breaking? He's throwing the game. That that's rule. You just said he's, he's not. You just said he's not he's throwing the game. Because you know he he's he has, he has decided basically thinking out loud here. Look, if I if I literally go AFK, so, I'm I'm breaking rule obviously. So if I hide my by, by playing Mercy DPS, and I'll try to win as Mercy DPS, but you can't because it's fucking. You're playing Mercy DPS. You ain't gonna win. Okay, so basically, you want me to be a mind reader. So no, no, either on. he's trying to win with Mercy DPS, or he's intentionally throwing and trying to hide it. Which one is it? Or both. No, he's, 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 he, he, well, he, both. It's both. He's trying to win, but, but he's purposely picking something that's going to reduce his chance of winning on purpose to, to spite you. Uh, look, we're getting, look. Right, obviously, hold on. We're not talking practicality here because, yes, you cannot read his mind. Just like in, in the Final Fantasy example, you do, maybe that guy was just trying to run to the boss, right? And maybe okay, he okay. pulled something by accident and okay. maybe he cleaved okay, okay, We don't okay, know that. Okay. Assuming, assuming that we can you know, decide okay. for that. I, 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 to get banned. I'm going to tie it all together. Tie it all together. What together. we're seeing in this game and your example with Overwatch, right? These are cost and prices we pay to to live as social creatures in a social world dealing with other autonomous individuals if you take this away you might as well be playing a single player game with bots yes will it, will it suck for some you know, I, pers personally I, if i had a game like this where someone's trying to troll me by playing I, I would enjoy it i would remember that game more than my victories right because it's, it's, it's interesting it's new it's, it's novel but i can see some people getting frustrated about it right well, and maybe well, some people ho ho like we're talking 99.99 percent of players don't want to play with that guy and want that guy to get the fuck out of their game you are the point one percent that, that want that guy if people like that get everything they want right they will quit the oh, game no, no. we're not saying we're not saying people should get everything they want listen I you, don't are, think you are you are if, if oh, i no, can't no no, no. you trying to make this to a black and white issue which no. is not because listen no, no, no. listen if you're playing if you're playing like if you if you only play the most non-meta hero, let's say like Sombra, whoever has the lowest win ratio in Overwatch at any given moment, and you play that hero, and you play it as intended, right? You're not throwing the game. You play... That's, that should never be bannable, ever. You should, if you refuse to switch, as long as you're playing to win on even a non-meta hero, as long as you're playing the game the way it was intended, you, that, that's allowed. But if you're playing Mercy DPS, or doing obviously something that's not supposed to be in the game, you're throwing the game without actually using the word throwing the game. Omar. You can punish one and not the other, is my point. And I, that's why it's not so black and I white. I mean, you, you're accusing me of black and white, but I'm actually the one offering gray area here. The gray, the gray area, like that we just said, is where all the beauty of online games happen. If, without that gray area, playing multiplayer games is actually kind of pointless. If you're just playing, because, okay, you're DPS, you got the big guy with the big gun, you're a healer, you got the guy with the wand, and you're going to do exactly this, you're going to spend this one ability. You might as well be playing a single player game with bots, because you're not, you, there's nothing novel, there's nothing original, there's nothing interesting going on in that game. All right, now, now you're drawing, I know Karen's favorite word here, a false equivalency, because I'm what? not saying that. There are non-meta builds and plenty of non-meta things you can do uh, okay. in, in these games, in Overwatch, for example, that doesn't involve throwing the game. What's wrong? As long as you're following the rules and not like running the down rules the rules are don't throw. No, no, the rules are Let's don't throw. run middle. You just said he's not technically throwing because he's you, trying to win. The act of playing, uh, what, what if you play one-handed or you play with your feet? You're, I, there, you know, hold on, there are people with literally one hand that play games. Let's say you have both hands and you're playing with your, one of your toes. And you're basically slapping your keyboard with your foot. And, okay, here's Does what that constitutes playing the game? No, you're throwing the game. Look, 
without look, actually saying you're throwing the game. Look, if this guy can consistently maintain the same rank as me by doing this, he's not. He no. He he plays well, every time he plays. So with else, so he does it once. He only, he only throws the game with you. No, he only, every time he queues up with you, he plays mercy. You know what? You know what? That would create some interesting rivalry, and that would be something <laughs> I remember in that game. Look, Anyone out there listening, if you guys play MMOs, MRPGs, whatever, even games like Rust, write down your top 50 moments in these games. I bet you 80% of them will be moments like this. Whether you're seeing what you saw a thousand times in this GIF, or the thing Omar's describing, or something like in uh, Minecraft where someone like sneaks into your base and destroys it or something. Whatever it is, these are the things that make games fun. Like, if, if, you, if, you're, not, if you're not looking for this... Or you're you're against this kind of experience? Go, you know, there's plenty of single player games to play. Go read a book, watch a movie. I don't know. Like the the whole point of interacting with other humans is this X factor. This, things like this can happen. Yes, and that is why. That's the beauty there's, of it. There is a distinction between what we're seeing in the GIF a thousand times now, where this happens in a persistent open world like an MRPG, and where players should be allowed to kind of police their own community with their own reputation and people develop a reputation for being assholes and not that look I'm actually perfectly fine with this guy being a dick and pulling people and getting them killed here. Even if these players don't enjoy it. Like I may not enjoy somebody playing a non meta hero in Overwatch or League of Legends or any game, but like that's not no, there's nothing wrong with that in my eyes. And nothing wrong with pulling this, this boss to kill these people. That that's fine. This is an emergent experience. Even if they create a negative environment, right? But the way, but the, the, using a mercy DPS, it's completely unintended. It's a complete abuse of the system and breaking the rules without actually anyone no, breaking it. the rules. Anyone who do, and this is in real life too. If you don't break the rules, if you only follow the rules, right? You're not living. That's not living. Living is where the rules and where you know not the rules meet. Okay, the gray area. I don't go kill people, but right. But the friction between like Uber. How did Uber start? They started by completely ignoring the taxi laws, right? And now it's this beautiful company, new concept. You, people can, you know, people with you know, mobility problems or poor people, they can get around easier with Uber than they can with a taxi. So this is the, the only place that human progress ever happens is that gray area that you're trying to shut down in gaming for some reason. That, so uh, we'll leave it there for now. It's an interesting topic. I'm really passionate about it, but I'm sure a lot of people watching don't want to see us go in circles. Maybe post-game we can get back to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, <sighs> maybe, maybe a small uh, side note to uh, this actual video in the background so again i've been playing a lot of Fantasy 14 in the last uh three four weeks i'll tell you was saying in the pre-game that i've actually been playing an unhealthy amount of Fantasy 14 which is surprising I- i've clocked in quite a few hours but they had a new zone to the game called uh eureka zone of animos i think it's a final Fantasy 11 inspired zone where basically every player's got you know when you when you zone in here you start level one you have a separate leveling system as you kill enemies uh you gain experience here and basically it's a new way to um as you kill enemies and you kill bosses, you gain these uh, these crystals in the game, and those crystals can basically be used to purchase uh, basically something called your relic weapons, which are just very glowy, interesting weapons. So maybe I'll show you one of those weapons, uh, show you a gift for it. Now, first of all, have you ever seen a gift this quality? I'm curious. Like I- I've personally never seen like a gift that just runs this well. I think it's a good-looking gift. All right, let me see this. Like it's basically a cosmetic grind. You you do this. You you can find some decent gear, but it's not the best in slot gear. It's not gonna be as good as raid gear. But basically, you get glowy weapons. Every you can you can grind a glowy weapon for every one of your classes by by participating in this content. Uh, it, just simply, it is a good looking gift. And you said this was captured from in game or some third party software. I think because uh, in game. I don't know. I know a lot of in game clients now have like a screenshot feature, but mm-hmm. I don't. I never. I don't know any that have gifts features. That'd be kind of cool. So anyway, the so this new it's an interesting concept. A lot of people on Reddit already hate hate the area because it's very grindy. Uh, basically, the whole it's actually a pretty brain dead experience. Basically, what you do is um, you basically run around the zone waiting for boss to spawn. And when once a boss spawns, you basically just attack it a couple times and just by hitting it a few times, a world boss, you get tagged for credit. 
So when that when when that boss eventually dies, you get like a certain amount of experience. You always repeat this for about like 50 hours, 60, 70 hours of, of, of mindlessly doing this. You'll reach max there. You'll get a couple of your your shiny weapons, right? Mm-hmm. But here's my problem with with this content and with with, with I feel a lot of emergers kind of fall flat on this because you do this for your your weapon, your glory weapon, and once you get that, you're pretty much done. You know, you, you get a few weapons for your other classes if you want, but then you're done. You know, you get like maybe you need like a couple thousand crystals for this weapon. I forgot the exact number, but I am blown away by the fact that MMORPGs don't just add more, like, um, like they can really get people to grind more and just feel more invested in the game if they added, like, let's say there's an emote they could have added to this store, where, you know, getting this weapon costs 1,500 crystals, why not make a crazy emote that requires 10,000 crystals? Now it magnifies the grind by, like, tenfold if you want to get that crystal. It's completely optional, it's an emote, you know, don't get it if you don't want it. But I know for a fact by having that content in the game, people play the game longer. They, they, they have more shit to do, you know? I'm, I don't understand why they don't add that in there. Because everything you want from this, this new Eureka Zone, you can get in like four or five days of just of mindlessly grinding. Why, why are they stopping there? Do you know what percent of players will even get this? Like, I think a lot, actually. I think a good oh, amount. Because okay. it, it, it doesn't require skill. It requires grind. Mm-hmm. It's about just time invested. And, but, but why not just... If, if that's all the content is going to be, why not just like... Why make the top reward accessible like that okay. i mean it still takes mindless crime but you know an hours and hours of time but why not just add like expensive more difficult yeah, let, Maybe add any mode that requires ten thousand. let me let me give you a counter and let me give you a counter okay i think a lot of players casuals especially when they see the high when they're looking at the list of rewards right where do they start mm-hmm. the top right they look at the top yep. one and the top one is completely unreasonably unachievable for the average person that i think that i think that the cost of that is is a bigger deterrent for, for more players then the top feature would be a, a, a carrot to players like you who are like the hard to top 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 point one percent no but here's the thing you, you can easily make it so once you get the weapon only then will you see the, the oh yeah reward. if it's like a hidden reward and then you can look yeah. at a third party website that's fine okay, that's, no, no, no 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 after you get the new weapon then you then you, you'll see you'll see the rewards after you buy that weapon maybe okay that's that, something like that they can handle that yeah that's a good but this applies to not just like these cosmetic weapons because you know when you do a raid in Final Fantasy 14 you, you know if you don't get any loot that week you can you still get a guaranteed uh, like you get like something called a tombstone. If you get like four tombstones, you can trade it for like one of the drops there. So if you run four weeks and you get no loot, you can still trade it for like some drop from that zone, right? And once you get all your gear from that zone, you're done. So what I see in a lot of MRPGs is people play through the content and they get burnt out after they get all the gear they need, right? So like after like five six weeks, they basically quit the game until the next patch. Like and for like six eight months, until new content comes out. But if they just made it so like if you get like twenty tombstones, or like if you if you if you, if you beat the boss within like really fast timeline you get a special tombstone and if you do that like eight weeks in a row you get an emote you know why you know why they did that why because they want you to uh try sea of thieves with me instead of Maybe. playing uh more final fantasy that's the square, square enix this square is enix was thinking <laughs> look my 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 big problem with mrps and, and it, it's that's it's world of Warcraft. people get all the content they want to get and there's really not much more else to do like people grind through all the eureka content and will be Eureka will be dead. This new zone will be dead in two, three weeks tops. There's no reason to ever go back there again until they release new co- some other new shit. Maybe like four weeks, like three, three, four, five weeks from now. Like, why, why are they killing off the content like that? Make like, do they not understand? People, people want to be on the treadmill. We all want to be on the MRPG treadmill because look, these games aren't like magically designed. The, the treadmill is a, a tried and true content they've done, you know, for a long time. Like make the treadmill uh, longer. You know, let people stay on it longer. Omar, I think it's time for an intervention, guys in chat. Help me out here. Uh, the treadmill is broken. You gotta get off. You gotta get off the treadmill. You gotta try gotta the. the you, gotta, you gotta try the elliptical, the stairmaster. You know, there's other machine, the bicycle. You know, there's other machines to try in the gym more. 
That's true. There are fine, fine. We we talk about some other machines in the gym. We can talk a little bit about uh, Soul Worker, which we played uh, for the last two weeks. Uh, sure. We did we did Grand Fest twice for it now. Yeah. Um, he, to me, yeah, I'm not excited to go back to it to be honest. Yeah. How about uh, you? Here's the thing. A lot of my friends who have been playing it said basically they were dirty really? burnt out of it. Like, oh. they, they play it for like, but this is the thing I think with a lot of uh, of these closers, you know, Soul Worker, Critica, they're fun. The combat is fun. And I think people realize that there's more than more than just combat. I, I recommend it. Play Soul Worker. It's free to play. Give it a try, right? Give, why not? It doesn't cost you anything. The combat is fun. The graphics are nice. I think you'll have fun with it for a few days. Uh, give it a try. But it's just, I don't know. It seems a hard, a hard game to get invested into because if you really like that kind of game, like Soul Worker just isn't going to be able to compete with like Dungeon Fighter Online, which just has like, like so many, like you have four classes in Soul Worker. Yeah. Close has, Close has like five classes. Like yeah. th- 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 there's nothing there. It's like it's so content light compared to Dungeon Fighter Online. Yes, Dungeon Fighter Online's got older graphics, but if you don't like that, go play like Vindictus or something. You, you have more characters. Games like Soul Worker and like Critica, there aren't that many classes. There's not, there's not enough to do in those games. They're so light. It, it's just I don't know. They're not bad to play for a while, but it's hard to be you know super invested in them. I I, I got an interesting story. Uh, it's, not, it's not Soul Worker related, but sure, let's hear it. Okay, so a lot of people bitched when Epic decided to shut down. Paragon, but now they're doing a little bit of a you know a nice gesture to the community here. Uh, Twelve million dollars worth of Paragon assets will be made free in Unreal Engine. So anybody out there who wants to be wow. a developer, you any everything in uh, Paragon, all the assets, character models, maps, uh, environmental objects, will be available. Emotes, animations will be all be available for free uh, to anyone who wants to use Unreal Engine for any project they want. So they can make a commercial game using these assets for free. That's pretty cool, right? That's actually mega. I mean, that that's something at least. So I feel like people that played or you know Paragon even supported by buying stuff. At least they feel like their their money was spent on resources to help other game developers. Because that, that seems like a, you know it, it, it's better than nothing. You know, most games they shut down, the assets go with it. We get you know, nobody gets anything out of it. So uh, I'm glad the first batch that they re- released is twelve million dollars worth, and that's not everything yet. But they do said they did say they want to release even more to come. Okay, so they're going to do even more this year. And I think it's, it might even be possible for a intrepid developer out there, or perhaps a fan of Paragon, to to recreate the game, you know, for free with all the assets. Yeah, yeah. you got all the assets. I want to just whip it up, you know. Yeah, is that like a good, good point? Twelve million, my ass. Where did they pull that number from? Straight out of their ass. I like, don't. You know do you see that hat that guy's wearing? The jacket that guy's wearing? The thumbnail? That's clearly a ten dollar jacket right there. All right, clearly. Where did they pull these numbers from? I think it's it, it was their internal cost of development. So include the salaries right, of these high-end, you know, highly paid uh, art people, developers, etc. So I don't think it was pulled out of their ass. I obviously think it's infl- if, if like a freelance unemployed guy was to recreate this asset, obviously it would be done a lot cheaper. But you got to keep yeah. in mind, Epic is paying good salaries and they got nice offices, you know, etc. So yeah. But whatever the value is, it's good. Yeah, it's a good, mm-hmm. it's a good, it's a good move. And I think actually it's. It's kind of like a self. It's not necessarily like a like a gesture of charity because obviously you know Epic Games owns Unreal Engine. They want people to use these assets in Unreal Engine titles because if you make a game on Unreal Engine, guess what, guys? Epic Games gets a royalty of every dollar your company makes after a certain amount. So like they want people to use their engine. It's kind of like a market. They figured it would get them some good PR and they get some more people to use Unreal Engine. So it's you know, it wasn't pure charity. But yeah, still, I like it. That's a good point. You cannot use these assets for anything else. Like you can't use them in Unity or whatever. Like you got to yeah. use them in Unreal Engine. So they're, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Of course, they they got to make some moolah. Still nice. Still a good touch. Yeah. Oh, you know, we got to talk about well, 
Ooh, I want to talk about PUBG Mobile, but we got to talk about Bless as well. Man, we got a lot of big stuff to talk about this week. Let's talk PUBG Mobile for a second. We'll get Bless right afterwards. I'll try to keep it short with PUBG Mobile. Sure. Uh, so PUBG Mobile, maybe show a trailer for it. Just, it just launched uh, in pretty much worldwide, I think, in the last, like, in the last week or so. And I played it last night, right? And I wanted to talk about it in the podcast. I'm like, you know, I'll give it a try. You know, I, 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 I couldn't sleep right away. So I pulled up my phone, downloaded it, and I played. And I, my first game, you, you jump in, and I'm wondering, like, hmm, I just got, like, three kills. And these guys are pretty retarded. There's no way. Like, and then I get, like, seven kills. I'm like, hmm, what's going on? There's no way, there's no way I'm this good at this game. If I, if I can suck at PUBG, I'm not, I'm not that good. So it's the end of the game. I'm at, like, 12 kills. I'm like, there's only one other guy left. I'm like, hmm, they, 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 they got to be bots, right? There's no, there's, there's no way. This is this is realistic, right? So on that last guy, I'm kind of like standing still. He's missing me. I'm kind of like barely moving. He's still missing me. But he kills me at the end. I'm like, hmm, this guy might have been a player. So I was I wasn't sure at the end. But I googled it and I realized, okay, obviously there's bots. Yeah. So what they do is it's very weird and clever because when you when you play your first game on PUBG Mobile, basically 98% of players are like bots. There's maybe like five players in the game and 95 bots. But the bots are so like the names of the bots are so obviously like like they really went out of their way to hide the, the, the fact that they're bots. They're like Dragon Slayer sixty nine, like it's like Big Dick Bandit forty two. Like they have these random ass names that are such like player like names. They really just I guess they must have created a huge pool of names that are using them. And, and they're tricking. Like, we live in such a coddled society, such like a it, it, there's no other word for it, like the pussification of society where you have to be handed wins to you with bots to make you feel so good about yourself. They don't even tell you. Look, tell your players they're bots. They're hiding that information from you. And I, I just felt kind of weird. Like, not like, why do they? I, I felt kind of like they, they should be honest. They should tell me straight up I'm playing as bots. I'm playing as bots. And, I, and what, I, what I noticed too is on my Twitter stream, I'm scrolling through my Twitter stream this morning and people are like, oh, I, my first game of Fortnite Mobile. I'm on PUBG Mobile. I got like 10 kills. I'm so good. I'm like, and I realized all these guys think they're great at this video game because they don't realize they're playing as bots. That's pretty good. And I, I think it's easier than ever to come, call these name, come up with these names. Like, I don't think they actually had to try very hard. All they had to do was look through the database of their existing names on PUBG Normal. Put some numbers at the end. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, and you just got- change, change every one to a two, every two to a one. And, then, you know, there you go. You're done. You got a billion names now. So that's why they look so good, the names, because they, have, they already have a database of real names they can just call from. But, you know, do you th- I see a fun little problem with this, though. It, it, it just seems like so dishonest. And their, their reasoning, of course, is to ease players into the game, right? And the way it works is as you keep playing games, the percent of players that are bots to player ratio decreases the more you play. So it's not your first game that's bots. It's literally like every game you play until you've played probably like 10 hours. At that point, you probably play with all players, right? And it's pretty easy to distinguish which players are bots. Which are, after you kill them, it's pretty like you'll tell if this guy was completely awful at the game that you killed. Like, the only they're, issue they're I have with this is the deception factor because I actually think it's a better um, gra- you know, gradual build up than like a t- tutorial like, you know what i'm saying imagine like it's a tutorial and still like whoa the the smg has to fire from medium range don't put a tutorial i have an optional tutorial if you want no 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 because they did the math or tell your players at bots then force them to this no 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 no, no 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 most players say some players are bots no no here's why they don't do that okay uh, uh attrition rate most people that download an app right they're gonna uninstall that app within like a minute okay so they yeah. need to get you hooked to the gameplay Okay, in the first like thirty minutes, right? And if yeah. playing against bots where you win is is gonna even if you realize it later, now you're already invested. You know how to play. No, you know. I'm I'm pissed off now. I'm actually I feel it's dishonest. I feel like I was cheated, and 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 not only that, now that I know they're bots, I'm not even gonna play this game again. Why the fuck should I play five hours of this bullshit 
before you play against real players every single day. It's just not fun. Winning a game of PUBG is fun because it was a challenging experience. Like, we played, I have over 200 hours of PUBG. I don't have that many chicken dinners, you know. My win ratio, you know, is probably is above average. But a win was, it meant something. I feel like I earned it. Playing, it just felt dirty. And I was about to win the game. I was just like, at then I was just testing, like, is it bot or not? Like, it was, I could have easily won the game. I came in second place. I really wanted to test this guy could ever, ever kill me. It took me a while. It might have been a bot. I don't even know if, I don't even know if the guy who beat me was a bot at the end because I, I was just standing still. I think it this just, is going to be a I growing trend. Well, you can feel cheated all you want, but this is going to be a big trend. Uh, it's an, I think, honestly, we're going to reach a point where you won't be able to tell if it's a bot or not, and especially a game where there's not active chat back and forth. Like, even like a game like Overwatch, I think. I think it's going to be very hard to tell if one or two players in a match are bots or not. It's it's funny because somebody in the chat just said like OMFT. My friend was bragging to me that he came in fourth place on his first game of PUBG Mobile. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go break the news to him. They played against bots. That's actually hilarious. Yeah. If any of your friends are bragging on Twitter or Discord that they did so well in PUBG Mobile, remind them that 95% of the players, or, or probably more than that, in their first few games are all bots. And even lit, you have to commit so many hours to start playing as actual players every time. It's really lame. I, know that, I do feel cheated. If you feel yeah. cheated by this, how do you feel about uh, freestyle? I remember uh, freestyle two basketball. Uh, we tried to get Omar told me I was playing in spots in the first five placement matches. Yeah. If he didn't tell me, that's bullshit too. Well, if he I didn't tell that. me, I wouldn't have noticed the first round because the names yeah. were like uh, a big Asian boy or something, and he was like talking yeah. in chat, like, like he was making some lewd remarks too. So I thought there's no way it's a bot. And then <laughs> the same thing happened to me with another friend. I got another friend into the game, and he didn't believe he was playing in spots. He played like three rounds before he admitted, like, okay, fine, maybe these are bots. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think it's exclusive to mobile gaming. It's We've seen it in Freestyle. We've seen it in Happy Wars. Remember that game? Yeah. Yeah, so that game also had the same there, thing. Where there should be an option to opt out of this, or at least tell your player. This guy, look, it's going to backfire to a degree. When people realize, like, look, people that tweeted that they, they did so well in PUBG Mobile, I can guarantee you today, the day after the game is released, everyone's replying to their tweets like, haha, you faggot, you thought you were good at this game, you're playing in spots. So now the guy that thought he felt good about himself, right? Yeah. He's gonna feel like shit now because he thought he was good, but he's not. I, I think it's that people are gonna realize they're bots. Yeah, they are, but who cares? I, I, you know what? I'm actually okay with this because one is. What? Do you, do you have any intention of playing PUBG Mobile no. knowing that your first like five games will be bots? I had like, no that, intention that, of playing PUBG Mobile before that either. I don't know, so it's. Okay, but look. I, I thought the game was actually kind of fun. If they play this game without the bots, like from the get-go, I, I play it. It actually plays like PUBG, but on mobile. It just, I fucking hate it. You know it. what I'd rather play on mobile? Fortnite. Fortnite mobile? Fortnite, guys. For, look, I, okay, one problem. I think, honestly, PUBG's dead. I'm calling it right now. It's not dead oh, quite yet. PUBG's dead? Yeah, it, 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 you know, loop, the, the slope is down now. Fortnite did it so much better. Not only is it coming to mobile, it's already invite. You know, there's open invites already on iOS, but it's coming to Android mm -hmm. as well. It's cross-platform with the PC and console versions, so no respect. no bots because guess what? You got to play against people on PC. You're not you're not you're not you know playing against bots. Uh, the fact that they made that work, while PUBG still can't get their regular game to work properly, uh, is a is a huge uh, is a huge deal in my opinion. So I think Fortnite's still a, especially in the West. I think China's a little different, but in the West, I think Fortnite stole ninety percent of the thunder. Like honestly, I don't know if they could even fill games. Especially, how would they, imagine this game wasn't huge day one, right? PUBG Mobile. Yeah. How would they fill multiple hundred game matches? I think they need those bots to kind of get everyone the full experience. No, I think they can. Because the the beauty of these games, again, as long as the game is, it'd be hard if it was an indie game, but it's PUBG Mobile. Like, the name alone is to get millions of people to download it, right? And the way these games are filled is like, you get buckets like, 
every time a server, every time a game gets full, a new a new room is created until hundred people join. Then the next one is created. It's like there's a hundred rooms at once, all waiting no, to be filled. Nobody, nobody is gonna wait though. Is the thing. No. Like on mobile, oh, if I queue for a game on mobile, right? And if, if my game doesn't start like this, I'm done. Closing the app. I'm gonna watch some porn on my mobile porn app. All right. I I, I get time for that shit. I don't know, but uh, with with Fortnite mobile at least, um, there is an option that's worth mentioning. I think if you're playing on mobile, you, you, your default option is to queue against mobile players only. So there is, but yeah, however, yeah, 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 yeah. However, you can choose to play against PC players as well. You have the option to like change that up. Like your default is probably mobile only, but but PC players cannot choose to queue against only only, only mobile players. That'd be hilarious if you could, if you're a PC player and you choose to only play against mobile players. It'd, it'd, be, it'd be so it'd be so mean. Right, I'm gonna take a quick leak so you can uh, talk about this a little. All right, I, I, st I still feel cheated by the fact that I simply uh, PUBG Mobile guys. Don't, if, if you're gonna play, expect your first like 15, 20 matches to be uh, or, or even later on. It just as you play the game, the percent of players in the game that are bots decreases. But obviously they must have ran the numbers. And I agree. Something the chat did mention that the problem was I realized they were bots. Like if I didn't realize they were bots, and we live in a world where the AI becomes so good, yeah, there's a benefit to having bots in the game. But the, we're not there yet. But I just feel there's something fundamentally wrong when they're just trying to make you feel better about yourself by throwing bots at you and not telling you. That's just dishonest. It's I don't think they doing you any favors. It's like if somebody tells you, okay, don't worry, I'm gonna rub some juju beads on your back and your cancer is cured. You might believe it, but it doesn't make it true. Uh, Zenixa, I would not be surprised if that's the case as well. Uh, most certainly not surprised. Because those games are very easily scriptable, whether it's Clash of Clans or, or, or this. I, I would think this was more, you know, in game like Clash of Clans is very easy to script. I thought maybe more, you know, difficult than this, but the bots are really dumb and it becomes obvious and I hate it. Why don't you just play COD? Uh, I don't know. Not, not a fan of COD personally. I'm more of a over I've, I've been playing more Overwatch, CSGO than, than COD. Never really got into COD growing up. A hundred percent Nico man, we will definitely play PUBG more if they add lollies. But unfortunately they're still trying to fix their netcode. And I think if they fix their netcode and fix the optimizations, the game will definitely do a bit better, but Compared to Fortnite, the netcode is just better in Fortnite. I mean, they're both different kind of games, but I just, I, I just wish PUBG was better optimized. And after this, we're going to talk a little bit about Big Old Bless. Uh, Actually, you can make a Battle Royale game. Rumor says it's going to be Call of Duty. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, I think Call of Duty Battle Royale make a lot of money. But the thing is, I do think Fortnite is doing a really good job with Battle Royale. I feel like even my friends who don't like Fortnite or didn't like it at first are being won over by Fortnite. I think once you give it a try, I think people get addicted to it. And uh, my friend Shirley has been playing Fallout, uh, uh, Fortnite nonstop basically. So there's definitely something there. And even though they're going to be late to the party, I think uh, if, if Activision Blizzard does it, it'll, it'll do well. All right. One more shout out to Fortnite, guys. All right. So I, I, I didn't play in about a week, right? While we were moving upstairs. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I played yesterday with some friends. There was already so much new stuff in that one week I didn't play. They mm -hmm. got rid of the 20-man mode, but instead there's like a blitz now where it's um the first circle uh, is already there before you land, like while you're jumping. Mm -hmm. And it moves faster and there's more loot, like more epic. There's like better quality loot. So it's like a faster, like, you know, fun, you know, That's cool. temporary game mode. There's new items and, you know, equipment and guns. Every week they add new stuff. So that's amazing to me. Yeah, they're good with it. Right, we, we just we should talk about Bless now because Bless had a bit of a bombshell. If you saw an RMRPG, somebody broke uh, the NDA for it. Uh, we actually got the news as well, but you know, uh, the NDA, somebody broke the NDA and posted on RMRPG that Bless will be launching in May this year. So it's coming out in a few months. 
and it will be by the play confirmed. It will 100% be by the play. Oh, there and you go. Seeing, and seeing how well Black Desert Online did, uh, they're going to go that route. And it's funny because the same shit is happening. And the reality is, like, it's so obvious what's going to happen, right? Because in all the developer interviews, like, they, all the developers always say, oh, we're not going to be paid to win, guys. You know, we know you guys don't want pay to win, and we're not going to be paid to win. That's the exact same shit uh, Black Desert said, right? We're not going to be paid to win, guys. Nobody likes pay to win. But does it, and people are like, oh, it's, it won't be pay to win, guys. Have you seen that recent developer interview? They said it wasn't going to be pay to win. But that's just a nonsense, like, defense. Like, of course the developer's going to say it's not going to be pay to win. Nobody comes out and says our game is pay to win. We all say, oh, it's not pay to win. Somebody should do that. Somebody should, like, we have an announcement to make. Uh, you know, our game will officially be pay to win. There will be an item in the store, 20 bucks. And, it says, and then when you buy it, it says you win. Like, on, on your screen. You win. Like, the credits, yeah, credits pay, roll. It's literal pay to win. It comes out, you get, the, you get roll credits. There you go. But it's... Look, I have a feeling like Black Desert Online, I think Bless is going to start off very uh, cleanly and people are going to love it because it's going to have, it won't have any pay to win stuff and they're going to slowly just dip their toes in the water and see what they can get away with. Because these things always come slowly. Like the, 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 That's like very borderline stuff that won't like offend a lot of people and they'll push the boundary more and more until they start going full on pay to win. And eventually they'll, they'll, they'll drop their, their, their buy to play model and then go free to play and then it'll make the pay to win more acceptable. So they're going to be able to milk both. Uh, both avenues. And I think for sure Black Desert will go free to play as well. Only because of all the, the paid win items now being introduced to that game. Yeah, I think actually Bless will just follow BDO's lead. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next, I mean, look, uh, I don't think Bless, again, is really too innovative. And, you know, we even talk about trying to push the genre forward. I don't think Bless really does that. But it does a lot of things well. Like, it's got some interesting mechanics, like the fact that your skill slots are actually commodities. You, you don't get to equip every single hop, every single skill you have. So you, you have some control over your build-up based on what abilities you have, where you put your mastery points. So every like just because every class is gonna be a little bit different even to the same class. And the dungeons were actually challenging on the Russian version of the game that we played on. Like early on, it was challenging, and I actually liked it a lot. Like it was one of the few games where I was like, okay, I have to actually level up and learn my skills, otherwise I'm gonna die. Oh, we went down this boss five times in a row. A level twenty boss, a level fifteen boss. That means I have to learn my class, and that was a feeling I haven't had in a long time. Like that, that it was amazing. The yeah. biggest concern was optimization in that game. I think there's a certain group of people, gamers, a, a big group actually, that actually just want a new, yeah, you know, standard MMORPG grind from you know one to max level. Then they'll play a little bit after max level and then quit. So this is not going to be your next you know three year, five year game. But I think there's a lot of people that want a game like this. They're going to play it to max level. They're going to you know do a little bit of the end game and they're going to quit. And for those people, this is an, I think it would be a good game. I enjoyed from what I played that it was good at giving that experience there's plenty of games that try to get that experience are just bad at it so this is one yeah. that was actually good at it so for what it's worth i think it'll do for what it's trying to be it'll do well i think it won't be i think it'll be one of the bigger launches of 2018 this and uh air are probably gonna be the biggest like and more pg launch of the year i really? mean well, yeah well, what else is there you know it's just really these two games they're both you know generally this year, big yeah and more pgs i think more and more resources are going towards mobile anyway so you know i don't think we'll have that many more big budget and more pgs coming mm. anything else coming i think it's gonna be all those resources will go towards mobile, I think. I, I, I don't think we're going to have, like... I don't think Blizzard will ever make another MMORPG on, on PC. I, I don't see it happening. World of Warcraft will be it. You know, when World of Warcraft dies, in however many years from now, it could be like 10 years, who knows? It's probably a big lifestyle out of it. Yeah. I don't think we'll have a PC. I don't think there'll be a PC game to replace it. PC and more RPG. They'll probably have a mobile game to replace it. That's probably true. Probably true. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, big launches, I mean, Black Desert Online, I, I, I'm still amazed by how popular Black Desert Online is today. I mean, it, it's a good game. Don't get me wrong. It, 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 and it was actually one of the games that I, I would say did something very different. Very different. You know, 
it doesn't follow the same theme park model we've seen in Bless, in Final Fantasy XIV, in most MMORPGs. It's, it's got the open world, PvP driven, it's driven by, you know, emerging gameplay. Ideas we've talked about a lot in the podcast, and, and it it's, has, I think, over 15,000 players on Steam currently at any given time, and Steam alone. And there's plenty of people playing off Steam as well. That game is absolutely killing it still. And something to keep in mind about BDO, since it's only one server with channels, you're actually playing potentially with, with more players than you are in games that are technically bigger in player base because they are all in that one server. And it's it, bigger than any single server like in World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, exactly. So they that's, exist in that same, yeah. that's pretty big. It's important. And the way the like the way content is segmented in WoW and Final Fantasy XIV is that even there is cross-world content, but it's almost like all that content is kind of segmented into raids and instances. Whereas, you know, BDO doesn't have that really. BDO, it takes place in the persistent world. Like there's the fighting, the, the whole world is one seamless open world, which is amazing, I think. You know, even the concept of a seamless open world, a lot, we've lost that in a lot of games, you know, there's just a loading, like, it, it's weird, like, even, even games of Final Fantasy XIV that, that, are, that are new, like, there's there is loading between zones, and in World of Warcraft, there's loading between zones, you know, like, you have older games, like Lineage 2, where there is no loading between zones. Yes, there are dungeons you, you can queue into, but, like, the open world itself is open world. I mean, it's weird that we even lost that, like, MMORPGs were supposed to be massive, and when yeah. we begin segmenting like that, we, you, know, you right away lose that a sense of massiveness. At least BDO has that, which is great. Well, uh, that new OS that hasn't gone anywhere yet, Spatial OS, is supposed to Hopefully be Hopefully they'll fix it. It's yeah. our savior, right? we got to wait for that. No, but if Lineage 2 could have done it, it, back knows how many goddamn years. How old is Lineage 2 anyways? Like 2000. Oh, yeah, it's pretty 2000, Early 2000, I think. Oh. If they could figure it out, like, come on. You know, we don't need no Spatial OS to figure this shit out today. If, if they could do it back then. I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know and, what the, head the Chinese up games have done it. What's it called? Uh, Revelation Online. You know, it wasn't a great game, in my opinion. Definitely not a great game. But you know, at least it had the seamless open world. Yeah, you had to still load in for dungeons, but the world itself was open. And I think that was a that was a great feeling. Just seeing people run around the open world makes you feel like you're a part of a living, breathing world. Speaking of a living, breathing world, one game trying to capture that uh, attention is Ashes of Creation. All right, this is yep. an- another classic. Actually, the guy who's making this, I forgot his name, the Juice guy. Yeah, uh, Sharif. Sharif. He actually Sharif. got his start in Lineage 2. He was a big player. You know, He loved mm-hmm. that game. I think that's, what ins- that's inspiring a lot of what this game's about. But they're having a lot of controversy this week, or I should say last week. Oh, I, I must have missed it. What is it? Okay, so this on MMR- our MMORPG, one guy is bitching, and there's a lot of comments here, about this. So you can get pre-order pets. Uh, one, uh, one is a, uh, a multi-headed goose, which I think he was okay with, but his problem was with this one, the stuffed animal. So it's this amount that's like a stuffed teddy bear, and it's like leaking some cotton. He's saying, oh, this destroys the immersion. It's like not realistic. It's like one of those Asian games where you can buy stupid outfits. I think it looks pretty cool. What's wrong with this stuffed, stuffed you know, bear pet? I think it's a non-issue. I yeah, think it's a too. non-issue. Actually, I should say this. I think some stuff is an issue. I think you're more lenient than I am. Yeah. Uh, like in t- I think Terra goes overboard. Still, yeah, you, 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 you can like you can actually have, you can have cars in Terra. Like yeah, yeah. Automobiles. That ruins it for me. But this uh, 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 a magically animated teddy bear that you can ride. I don't know. Or a giant cat in Revelation Online. Remember that one? The giant yeah. flying cat. Yeah, that's stupid too. I think. But it, you can. Who cares? It's stupid though. It's. it's I do. What's it to you? What? No. If I'm part of this world, everything in this world has to be internally consistent. It can have magic or whatever, right? But the things have to mesh well. If they don't, it, it kind of gripes me. And, and, and that's one of the problems I have with a lot of Asian, East Asian aesthetic. Eh. 
I completely disagree. I, I like the fact that people can be unique and wear stupid shit. Like you, you should be able to wear like you can be able you should be able to wear stupid shit. You know why not? Because look, if if your impression going in is it's a virtual world. Like let's say you're playing Second Life or something, right? Or like The Matrix Online, where you're literally part of the world is the fact that you can craft it however you want, right? Yeah. Like Minecraft or something. It's okay, but in a world that's supposed to have its own lore and world, right? I, I don't want things like like imagine like cool like I don't want like seven up like, in Final Fantasy if you could, if you could like get a skin for your potions let's say there's health potions and it could be like a seven up skin I wouldn't like that I wouldn't like it because it's not supposed to be in that world. So we got a good comment from uh, Caster Caster Kato. He said basically um, the issue is that the, the the team behind the game said it would be grounded in realism and this is the first time they've gone back on their work, which is why some players are upset because obviously but. If you have a world with magic in it, like why can't you animate like a teddy bear? Like why can't a mage cast a well, spell to well, make a teddy bear animated and ride it? Like, I, I don't see why that's a problem. And I think I think actually Sherry left a comment on this thread, and he said something along the lines of, "Well, this is internally consistent because uh, uh, animating a stuffed animal like this is often what like uh, a mage will do for his uh, daughter, like uh, as a gift. They'll give yeah. him like an uh, animated stuffed animal. So that yeah. makes sense." So you're okay with this? So but I feel like if you use that logic, you can pretty much get away with most most anything. But what are the odds? Like, gonna, what are the odds are going to come What about skateboard? Why not skateboard? Somebody got mad about skateboards in uh, in uh, in arcades. What what if this game had skateboards? They had wheels back then, and put a plank on a wheel and put some magic to hold it together. You have a skateboard now. Well, what but what's I, wrong with what that? I would do then is make it slightly different. It would still be a skateboard. But like, what are the odds that this world will invent the exact same appearance of something? You know what I'm saying? Who can't? What are the, what, the odds don't matter. Ma- you have magic in the world. Magic allows you to basically do any, almost well, no, anything. Well, no, imagine you can't delve into a different dimension. Like, uh, you can't delve into the real real world and like get 7-Up. They can make it look like soda or, or, or some other brand. Like It could be brands of potions, right? But why would, why would it have to be this world's brands? It wouldn't, right? What are the odds sure. that you come with the exact same name, 7-Up? You'd call it like uh, Mana Up or something. Uh, like, like Mana Guzzler, like the, the premier mana potion, whatever. That's fine. But I just don't like the um, the mixing of worlds. Or imagine this. Imagine like in Final Fantasy fourteen, they added like uh, Dragon Quest skins, or like you know what I'm saying. Like, they, it, they, by the way, they have them. Like the, that's stupid. They have them. No, it's not how, stupid. How 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 do they explain that in the lore? Or they don't. They just they just yolo it. Uh, no, there's some weird like cross dimensional stuff where like portal opens through the time and fucking characters come out from like like I think uh, Final Fantasy thirteen. It, no, the Lightning Fire 13 ended up in the Final Fantasy uh, 14 world before too, with cross world bullshit. Like, how does Marvel do it? Like, fuck. Why does Avengers have all these superheroes from all these movies? They fucking do it. It can be nonsensical, but it's fine. It, and, and, does it? Hold on. You know what you do? You know your opinion on these Marvel movies? You, you roll your eyes at them because they're kind of yeah, silly. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, whatever. So same thing. I'm rolling my eyes at this. All right, you can roll your eyes, but I think I think having extra customization like that is, is generally a win. And and presumably, at least in Marvel, the the universe they're they're in the same universe. Right, mm-hmm. so to begin sure. with, they're in the same universe. But whereas in Final Fantasy XIV, the world has a name, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to like it's like, as it's like whatever Terminus or whatever, well, right? I, I see the benefits of both, but I don't. Why pigeonhole? Like I feel like if you if you focus your game around realism, I feel like you're missing you're missing out on a lot of other stuff. Real? No, no, like, it's not. People, it's, it's not realism. Don't call it realism, because like what is it then? Like, like uh, okay, Game of Thrones. It's not realistic. There's dragons and stuff, right? No. Okay, but imagine imagine in a in a Game of Thrones if like a guy flew in with an F sixteen and shot that one of the shot one of the dragons down, wouldn't that be, be stupid? Bullshit. It'd be stupid, yeah. right? So uh, in Terra, if you have like an F sixteen mount or something, isn't it stupid? Or in Final Fantasy fourteen, I think it's stupid. But, but they, they don't go that far. I think maybe maybe the furthest extreme I can think of in Terra would be the cars. Like they look really silly. Like maybe yeah. is there helicopters in Terra yet? 
I don't know. Uh, Canary said, I'm sure other people have said it too, but in- internal consistency is important, okay? You need internal. So I don't want F-16s shooting down dragons unless the world is initially I, like that. Like I agree. I, but the cars, yes, are extreme. I don't think, like, I don't think Final Fantasy IV has some very, like, anime things, right? And, like, some weird Dragon Quest, like, Yeah, I hate that. Head. No, but, I, but that, I think that's just as bad. No, that's just as bad. If they added, like, airplanes, yeah. Or if they added, like, well, actually, they do have, like, little toy airplanes, but they don't look like F-16s, right? They look like, it looks very, like, steampunky, right? Yeah, so it fits okay. the universe. Well, they did it on purpose. Why did, well, well, yeah, of the, course. Okay. I think I think Terra is an example where they might go too far. And I don't see this particular like like you said this this like little dog, this stuffed dog being like too far away from that. Yeah, I think the stuffed dog's okay. And this is yeah. and this is look, I, I honestly cr- a lot of the East Asian games, I cringe at the shit they put in the shops. Like like um I think it's Terra as well. You know you you have this stuffed you you you're like in this full body suit with like a big stuffed head, or like a teddy bear. And then you're like a warrior with like a sword. You can't fight like that. It's so stupid. Like I'm, I'm, I'm totally against that. I'm, I'm okay with it as costumes that you can wear in town, right? Like I think yeah. BDO does this, where in town you can wear like lingerie and shit, right? Certain outfits. But then in yeah. combat, you, you know, you switch onto your gear. So that, that's good. I'm okay with that. As long as in, you know, in town you can be as flamboyant and fancy as you want, as any, whatever your imagination can do. But uh, I don't want to see that shit. In, in like, you know, it's, it's got to make sense internally. No, I th- I think you make a good point. I actually want to show you a costume in Final Fantasy XIV, but it might it might offend your senses. But I think a lot of like even games, like very few fantasy MMORPGs, they don't make armor realistic either because they're going for more of a cool design than realism, right? Like they make like exposed like pieces, like no real armor would actually have. Like, does that bother you a lot too? It's not realistic at all because like pieces of your your body are exposed. Oh, oh, so you're saying like a female armor where like you're wearing a bikini? Like the chainmail bikini. The chainmail bikini. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tr- yeah. I think I think um, I'm I'm more okay with that because it's at least a chainmail bikini. But let's say now let's say it was a regular bikini, like a swimsuit bikini. That I would be against, yeah. unless it's a mage who's not getting tanked. If a mm-hmm. if a if a female warrior is tanking with like a swimsuit, I I would find it just as offensive. But if it's a chain if it's a chainmail bikini, at least at least they have the pretense of making a chainmail. You know, you gotta give them some credit. Mm-hmm. I think look at the. I'm, I'm going to show you something in the podcast. I may show. Does this bother you? This is this. I saw. I saw this armor. I think this is a dragoon armor. Final Fantasy 14. Uh, it's like it, it. What's weird is if it's a costume or ridiculous. I get it. But the fact that it was like actual armor. But yeah. Like, why is why this, is that middle section exposed? This is fine. This is fine. I'm okay with this. Well, why is that? Why is the middle part exposed? Well, like, that makes no sense. Well, I'm I'm fine with this for the same reason I'm fine with uh, the stuffed teddy bear. I I have. I'm not like a. I'm not like a but, super but, purist like down the middle. Like if you're a pure, as leeway. Uh, he, but, but how is this acceptable? I'd rather have the really stupid-looking like costumes than this. Like this is why? purely impractical. No, 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 no. no, no. You have ar- why is it even if it what? was an armor? It's fine. It's literally metal armor. Oh. But the fact that her stomach is exposed. But it's only a female. Like, if you wear that same armor on a male character, that's not exposed. It's actually fully covered. So how is this worse than like just being a stuffed animal, where you have no armor? I, I, I have no problem with that because I, I don't think it matters whether it was realistic or not. Period. All right. Well, I, I, I oh, mean, maybe, maybe only the extremes bother me. I, I would be bothered by the F sixteen. Like, you, I, I give so much leeway. Maybe I give you. Maybe our difference. I just give a little more leeway. Yeah, I, th- I think we're just different ends of this. Um, so here's a here's a mount from Terra. Apparently, oh it's my like a, it's god, like a... Zephyr is like the best mount. Holy shit! Yes, that's going a bit extreme. I think that that kind of makes no sense. <laughs> well, Amex is a good point. Amar. The armor has to be made for pregnant women to wear, or fat women. You, know, you need a fat to go somewhere. So if there's an opening where the fat can go, that's true. Thank you. Probably Fort is a very progressive game nowadays. All right. Makes sense. That Terra has always gone extreme with the mounts. That that's always been their thing. They've always definitely overboard. 
it, it doesn't really bother me that much. It doesn't bother me too much. It, it would only really bother me if they apply like F-16s or like tanks or just really stupid shit. Because they're cosmetics, you know, it's it's not going to ruin my immersion. It will. It definitely ruins mine. Huh? It definitely ruins mine. Agree or disagree, a smidgen. And I think I think it's one of the reasons I don't like the Asian world aesthetics usually, because because they they have much more, they give they have much more stuff like this where it just breaks the immersion for me. You, I mean, World of Warcraft probably has some ridiculous stuff in that. Some of the costumes look like they're glowing and shit, but I, I guess they're not like super silly, maybe. So maybe, I don't know. I oh, like there's a lot of I'm giving leeway. Like I'm not being like a super stickler. Like I said, with the stuffed animals, fine, but uh, mm-hmm. just some stuff uh, is just too much. That's fair. Also, the, oh, I also even more important, I think, the art direction of the outfits and items has to match the art direction of that world. So that's why in a game like Final Fantasy XIV, if you just throw in those silly anime slimes, it doesn't fit. Like the, the, the art is so different, right? That's the problem. Like Looks silly. You can't take like assets from different worlds with different aesthetics and different art styles and different completely different like drawing styles and then just smash them together. It just looks stupid. I think it looks fine. Let me let, let me show what it looks like actually. You, you're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate it. Let me find it. Oh god. Copy link address. I feel like new Google images got so bad. I can't like copy images directly from where they are. Yeah, they actually remember that feature. They lost the lawsuit. Did you hear about that? Oh, uh, no, I, I was so wondering why. I'll, I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now. We'll, we'll search MMORPG. That's fun. We'll see what comes up. But if you go to okay. images, guys. Uh, oh, wow. Look at all these MMOs. Doc, uh, look at all these MMOs uh, watermarks. And here's some MMO Hot 1. But if you click these images, guys, in the past, there was a button here uh, that said uh, image location. And if you click that, you go. You would go directly to uh, that image. Yeah, you skip the website. That We might get more traffic out of that, too, actually, because a lot of people click on our images from uh, Google. Yeah, but so what they... Exactly. So now what... They actually lost a lawsuit, and they had to get rid of that button. Uh, they didn't want to get rid of it, so th- it, it, they weren't gimping it on purpose. They had to. Look at the Final Fantasy fourteen slime hat. Does that bother you? You know what? This is almost okay. Like you know, what I'm saying like it's almost it's okay. It's there. What's wrong with it? It's fine. No, no, but yeah, but as I'm saying, they actually did a good job of making it fit the, the yeah. style of this world. Okay, but I imagine it was literally like the anime slime, right? From like the games, and sure. yeah, that would be bad. I think. So this is actually so okay. If it's only like 8-bit shield, it would make any sense, obviously. Like a shield that looks like 8-bit well, graphics, well, I mean, it wouldn't make sense. I bet you there are things like that in a lot of Asian I games. I bet you some games do have that. I'm yeah, sure yeah. a lot of it works have that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah. This is fine. This is okay. This is okay. It gets out I steal it for yeah, yeah. good boys. We're good. I, I, I think I'm very generous on this stuff because, you know, but I just, when it's like totally doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Oh. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's an, that's an hour 20, boy. That's a wrap. All right. We'll continue for a bit in the in the post game. Yep. Thanks for watching YouTube. Uh, Thanks for watching YouTube as always. All right. Well, well, stay with us if you're on Twitch. Take it easy. We even talk about Dota yet. We'll talk about it in the post game. Yep. Oh shit! We forgot about Dota, Dota Plus. Anyway, later for YouTube. Take care.